0: everyone, welcome to the Gate Alliance Church. We're so glad you could join us for the series Making Change. Do your finances bring you fear or freedom? Whether you're digging out of debt or planning for your future, now is the time to build a foundation that endures. Investing in a brighter tomorrow starts by making change today. If you have any questions or want to learn how you can be more engaged in our church, check us out online at thegatechurch.ca. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's podcast.
1: But One morning, about a few weeks ago, God woke me up at 5.20 and he said, Mark, and I said, yes, Lord, he says, Mark, the, vil- the, the gate is like a village. And I thought, what do you mean by that? Though well, The gate is a village. And he said, well, think, what is in a village? Well, you have residents. We have residents, 34 residents here in our building. Uh, a village will have a school. We have two high school classrooms that meet in here. Uh, On a weekly daily basis a village will have businesses and we have businesses in our building tenants who who rent places from us and do business from here We have clubs uh, art school boxing school gymnastics school my favorite uh, (laughs) here We have uh, recreation leagues playing basketball soccer Um, We have four churches that meet in our building and said this is a village and when the, when our church was looking for a missionary to our village here, uh, I told the elders I got a perfect couple in mind. If you know, if you, uh, there's a couple that came from my church who really are ministry oriented. And I know that from experience. So when you have it, when you see that, know that you, you're, you're kind of excited, and I said, if they would come, we would, uh, we should, it should interview them and ask them. And that's Dave and Isabel Gagne, who now are missionaries to our building, who live here, who build relationships with people here, take look, oversee a lot of uh, the uh, tenants and the businesses and the, the churches, the, the the recreation, all of that. But one of the reasons that there, I knew when they come, they would bring the money plan with them. And the money plan works because it's based on the Bible. I've used it. Uh, it works. My, my son-in-law and daughter have used it. And my son-in-law is on minimum wage working in a warehouse, not waiting for a pastoral job. And people older than him, he's 27, come to him and say, how do you do this? So he tells them. It's based on the Bible. You can, you can live better. You can live like no one else now. So you can someday live like no one else. Because you're, you're making some uh, commitments. And so... Dave and Isabel are going to share with us some of uh, their testimony, their story um, from uh, the money plan, which is based on Dave Ramsey's financial piece. This is a Canadian version of it, and we've done it in our church, and we've seen, I've uh, personally seen lives changed because of it. So we welcome our missionary couple to the building, Dave and Isabel, today as they share with us. Today. Good,
2: morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you, Pastor Mark. <laughs> Well, so yes, thank you, and yeah, it's exciting to be here as missionaries. That's uh, that was that just went off in our head, well, maybe a couple weeks ago, and we went, oh, it's like that's interesting. But thank you, worship team. That was wonderful to just soak in the presence of God this morning. So thank you. So Proverbs thirteen twelve, it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick but a longing fulfilled is the tree of life. Now the good news translates it this way. When hope is crushed, the heart is crushed, but a wish come true fills you with joy. Hope, well that's a word that means something different to everybody you ask. For some it's, I hope I get that new Lexus model this year. And we know for sure around here, sometimes it's, I hope I have enough food to feed my child today. Yeah. So, uh, you know, when, when you're living paycheck to paycheck like that, when the bills are piling up, you know, it can cause you to um, just be so stressed and overwhelmed. And that causes you to lose hope. So that's what we're here to talk about that's today. That's
0: right. Hey.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're going to be talking about money today and probably step in somebody's cornflakes. But let me tell you this first. Jesus talked a lot about money. Sixteen of the 38 parables were about how to handle money and God's possessions. In the Gospels, one out of ten verses talks directly about money. In the Bible, there's 500 verses on prayer, less than 500 verses on faith, but there are more than 2,000 verses on money and our possessions. So I think that sets the stage that Jesus was trying to illustrate that we need to talk about our money. It was important to him. So we shouldn't ignore it in our churches and nor should we separate the handling of money from our faith. We've been getting to know our gate family slowly, but still have many connections to make. So allow us to introduce ourselves. We're David Belgany, otherwise known as the gate campus couple. And our story is not particularly unique. In fact, the more we began to share our story, the more we began to realize that it was other people's story as well. So we're very humbled as God has taken our obedience and our transparency and begun to open doors for us to show others what we've learned about uh, how to handle money God's ways, about how we handle our personal finances. So first of all, are we financial experts? No. Um, Are we perfect investors? No. Uh, Do we have a passion about sharing what we have learned? Absolutely. A passion to see others set free from the slavery of debt. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing firsthand how God can use a very practical subject like money, our personal finances, to change people's lives in many more ways than just finances.
2: So we were married. 22 years later, we found <coughs> ourselves in a heap of debt. We were, we'd made all sorts of unwise, foolish, maybe even <coughs> stupid purchases. <coughs> we'd spent money on things that we didn't really need. We lived well beyond our means. And uh, being in debt, well, for us, it was just normal. Our bank accounts rarely came out of overdraft. It's embarrassing to say, but that's true. Having creditors called daily, actually multiple times a day. It was just part of our life. They were calling for what was rightfully theirs, but you know, we still lied to ourselves. Needless to say, we were poster children for normal. That was when it came to debt. We lived in a nice house. We drove a nice car. We uh, we ate out a lot. A lot. <laughs> yeah. And we went on vacations, but it was all on borrowed money. Looking back, we can identify many problem areas. Number one, we didn't communicate about money. So we put it on paper, and in black and white, it read one hundred thirty-seven thousand dollars in debt. That was on top of our mortgage. 80,000 of that was a credit card. Yeah. So, that was our moment, our, um, just that moment when you <gasps> can't breathe. I just can, I'm thinking about it now, and that was just like, <sighs> we had lost hope, and, and we had no ideas. We had no, um, nowhere to turn to, no direction, and how to get out of it. We, were, um, we just didn't know how to dig out of it. We had wandered into debt. But there is no wandering out of debt. Uh, We felt hopeless, wondering if we'd have a house, let alone a marriage, if we continued (coughs) down the path we were on. That's when, about that time, we discovered Dave Ramsey and his financial peace plan. And everything we had attempted to that point had failed, so we thought, let's give it a try. Learning about God's way of handling money, getting on a plan, and focusing on that plan, big part of it, it had it restored our hope. And in what seemed like forever, turned out to be about eighteen months when we look back. We were free of our consumer debt, and uh, you say one hundred thirty-seven thousand. You did it in eighteen months. How? Well, by getting sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah. We were tired of the stress of the payments of making a good income and having nothing to show for it. We got focused we got out of debt and at one point between the two of us we were working seven jobs we are confident that anyone can get control of their finances because we did it when all seemed lost so as we talk to people about
0: finances two things surface one people are in denial that there is any problem they are what we call normal or secondly they look around and they think they're the only one with a financial problem. Looking around at this group, it's fair to say that some of you, listen to grandma, you saved up, you paid cash for your purchases and you've saved some as well for a rainy day. And then we know statistically there are others currently living paycheck to paycheck, wondering where the next paycheck is coming from. So it's important to realize that everyone has made a dumb decision at some point in their life. So I'm gonna ask this and be honest. Anybody ever here make a stupid decision when it came to your marriage? No pointing to your spouses (laughs) allowed. (laughs) Um, What about raising children, right? What about your career? We've all made unwise, foolish decisions at some point in our lives. So when it comes to making foolish decisions about money, do you know what that makes you? Over 12 years old. Okay, so we are all over twelve. It's time to own up to our past mistakes, stop living in the land of regret and hopelessness, and it's time to focus on what is ahead. Get on a plan, have your hope restored through God's word
2: and common sense. Now, before we share any further, I wanted to tell you that money will not solve all your problems. That's not what this course is about. But one thing we have discovered is that money—it's fun. If you have it. Uh, The reality is that many people, they're not having any fun, and nor do they have any peace. Life is stressful, and statistics say that it's because they're having money problems. 1 Timothy 6.10 says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Now, Additionally, statistics tell us the lack of money is the cause of all kinds of trouble. The number one cause of divorce in this Canada, you guessed it, money fights, money problems. The statistics say it's 68% of all divorces. That's 7 out of 10 people get divorced, it's because of money related issues.
0: Here's the amazing thing about the plan that we teach, it's all right in here. It's all in the word. The principles that are in here are so simple to read, but they're so hard to apply. But we need to learn how to apply them to our lives and to live according to what this book says. Bible lessons on money, easy, easy to understand. It works every time, but it's really hard to do. Most all of us know what we need to do, we're just not doing it. Stat after stat keeps coming out and telling us that. Personal finance is 80% behavior and 20% head knowledge. If you don't leave here today with anything that we've said, remember this, because this will challenge you. To imagine living without debt in our society requires a 180 degree behavior shift. So if we want to change the course we're on with our money, we need to change our behavior, and more importantly, and more specifically we need to align our behavior with what god's word says about money so what does god's word say about money we're going to highlight some of those things that we talk about in the course and the first thing you need to do when it comes to money is get out of debt if you hear any of the the big names warren buffett Kevin O'Leary, they say the same thing, get out of debt. The Bible does not say that debt is the pathway to prosperity, nor does it say that debt is a sin. Debt, however, is biblically foolish. In Proverbs 22, verse 7, it says, the rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. Slaves don't have any options. Slaves must work so that they can pay the debt to their master. Slaves keep a job that they hate to pay the bills. Am I hitting a nerve? (laughs) Slaves typically are not generous as they are simply making their own ends meet, living paycheck to paycheck. And in Canada, eight out of ten families are not prepared to handle a financial emergency of $500 or more, and five out of 10 families are living paycheck to paycheck. Now I gotta back up there because an article just came out last week that that number, the $500 that we were telling people has changed. It is now $200 in Canada. That just came out just a few days ago. That's staggering. Eight out of 10 families cannot cover a $200 emergency without going into debt.
2: So, to bring this point home, think about this for a minute, if you will. What would it be like to have no payments. Can you even imagine that? Some of you can, I imagine. So I'm gonna pick on our cars, maybe trucks. <laughs> so in Canada, well, the, uh, the, the largest purchase most of us make are cars, trucks. Your mortgage, of course, that's another subject we'll talk about in the plan. But let's take our cars or our trucks. What if you didn't have that car payment in Canada? 2019 they tell us that the average car payment is $500 a month month. yeah so let's take that $500 and let's invest it instead of putting it in that car payment because that's what you would do if you didn't have a car payment so let's invest it in a good uh, mutual fund from age 30 to 70 which is when if you can believe it that's how long people will have car payments for on average so you could have as much as 5.9 5.9 million dollars. It had better be a really nice truck you're driving. So that's the power of compound interest. Einstein said, compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. He who understands it, earns it. He who doesn't, pays it. The problem is we buy cars we don't need with money we don't have to impress people that we'll never meet sitting in a stoplight. And all the while we're dreaming, I wonder what it would be like to be out of debt. I heard a term recently. It was well-dressed poverty. I like that term. Yeah, it could describe so many of us, even in this room. I know it described David and I just a few years ago. We, like many others, put our furniture, our clothes, our shoes, our vacations, all you just fill in the blank, and we probably did that one too. We put it all on credit. That was then, we don't do that anymore. You see, it's okay to have stuff. It's just not okay for your stuff to have you. That's not handling God's money God's way. So the first step to changing your behavior when it comes to money is get out of debt. Stop borrowing any more money. And this leads us to the second thing that you need to do, and that is act your wage. It's imperative that you live on less than you make. Proverbs 21 20 says a foolish man devours all
0: he has. If you spend everything you make according to God's word, you are a fool. Those are not our words, those are God's words. He said it. And believe us, we were fools on steroids. We not only spent everything we made, but we spent money on loan, uh, from the bank, from family, from Visa. Uh, Visa really liked us a lot. They sent us five credit cards. They liked us. And at the end of 2017, this study came out uh, that stated, Canadians spent $1.71 for every $1 of disposable income we had. At the end of 2018, in that same report, Statistics Canada just put it out, that rose to $1.78 for every $1 of disposable income we have. You're wondering, how is that even possible? I want to show you a picture of uh, Bay Street in Toronto. See, this is where that extra 78 cents is going. Bigger buildings, fancy carpets, expensive all-paid lunches for the banks. We keep feeding and feeding and feeding them and they keep getting fatter and fatter and fatter on our money. Mm -hmm. If you wonder why you cannot ever get ahead when you're in debt, it is because fools do not prosper. That's according to God's word. The borrower is indeed slave to the lender. The third practical step you can take to get in control of your money is to get on a budget. He said budget. He said the B word. (laughs) People don't like that word. Changing what you think about the budget is paramount, uh, is the paramount step. Most all of us think when we hear that word, we think uh, restrictions, limitations, chains, no food, no fun, no nothing. And we don't like to be controlled by anything, and we don't want to be controlled by our budget, that's an honest fact. So what we want to share with you today will set some of you free to begin the process of taking control of your money. And here's a nugget that's worth the price of admission today. A budget actually gives you permission to spend. What, really? You gotta come to our class to find out more. So we teach people to budget at the beginning of the month before you spend all of your money. Most people have this backwards, and we were part of that. Most people tend to think that budgeting is done once all of the money is spent, and then they find out that there's more month left at the end of their money. We teach what is called the zero-based budget, and as Pastor Mark said, you know, we're not making any of this up. This has been around forever. Dave Ramsey teaches this through financial peace. Larry Burkett taught it back in the 80s. Before him, there was another. Before him, and then before them, there was a grandma. So grandma taught that stuff, too. So (laughs) it's not rocket science, but it's not being taught anymore. So the zero-based budget is a budget system that you assign every single dollar a task before the month begins. Luke fourteen, twenty-eight, we read earlier. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? Now that sounds like some solid financial advice that you would pay an advisor for. And it's right in the scriptures from the Bible. You need a plan on paper, on purpose, before the month begins. Every dollar needs to have an assignment, and we need to warn you that once you start doing this, once you start following this way, you are going to have your broke friends make fun of your plan, which is a great sign, because you're heading in the right direction.
2: Now, step four in the plan is that you need to save and invest. This step has been exciting for us, because well, for the first 23 years, we weren't savers or spenders. <laughs> yeah, we were spenders. We weren't <laughs> savers or investors. And over the last couple years, since we've been out of debt, we've been able to take our negative net worth and turn it into a substantially positive net worth. So it's just, it goes back to proving, again, that the biblical principles that uh, are taught, we teach in the course, and that the Bible tells us, they, um, they actually work. Mm-hmm. And that should give some of you hope because we're not that young. That's great. So have you ever noticed that how when you have no money and something breaks, something soon else breaks, like I've heard it said trouble comes in threes, sure happened in our house washer dryer stove yeah <laughs> exactly um and, and these crises come along and for us you know what a hundred dollars forget this two hundred dollars one hundred dollars was a crisis and we'd all we how are we gonna pay for that you know how we did it we called on visa and they always gave us a little extension or increased our uh, our limit they really liked us The first thing that we teach that you need to save for, it's called an emergency fund. Now, why would you need an emergency fund? Well, simply put, it's not if there will be an emergency, it's when, that's right. Uh, You need some money set aside for unplanned events, situations, or circumstances. Let's look at Proverbs 21.20 again. It explains the concept of making sure you have some set aside and calls you wise when you do. From the NIV, it says, the wise store up choice food and oil, but fools gulp theirs down. The new uh, Good News translation says it this way, wise people live in wealth and luxury. Stupid people spend their money as fast as they get it. Dave and Bell version, you're wise if you save, you're a fool if you spend it all. We need to be able to spend, of course. And that's just one of the three things that you can do with money. You can give, save, and spend money. What we're about to share is, again, it's gonna shock some of you, this is so new. But if you want different results than you've been getting, now, nah, it's time to change what, you, what you're doing. And that means, for many of you, no more plastic. This means when you spend, you need to spend this stuff. Has anybody ever seen this? <laughs> yeah, some of you. Cash, well, why cash? Well, when you actually spend cash, you spend less money. The studies have shown that we spend 12 to 18% more when we use plastic. You're going to pocket that. See how you. I did this? <laughs> <laughs> In the <Through> slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> In the course, we teach uh, about the envelope system. It's really nothing new. In fact, if you've probably got gray hair, you might have already still been using this. Grandma taught us how to use the envelope system, but combined with the budget, the envelope system, it's a dynamic duel that we have had people thank us for teaching them how to use it. Uh, no matter what shape your finances are in, the envelope system, it's an excellent tool to manage your spending habits.
0: So we should also let you know that when you actually start doing what we teach, you're going to be tested. So life will test you to see if you're committed to following the plan and managing your money in a godly way. Our test came nine months after we had committed to the plan and we were paying off our debts, uh, saving up for some new windows and siding that our house really desperately needed. And we were getting close to having enough money set aside and some install, I had, so, so I had some installers come by to give us a quote and, and so they did and, and one of them nearly derailed our, our plan and uh, I say that but actually it would have been me derailing the plan because I'm a grown adult and I can make grown adult decisions, and I almost threw everything out that we had done. Um, His offer was amazing, though. (laughs) Uh, It was more than what we had currently saved. So we needed a few more thousand dollars uh, for the deal, and of course, I had to agree to the deal today because it was off the table tomorrow. You know those pressure tactics, right? Yeah. Uh, So I scrambled. I scrambled. I tried to find out where I could get some extra money from. Um, I was in the old Dave mode, okay? So it was a matter of finding money anywhere. Family, we had one investment. It's like, do we pull from the investment? I was like trying to find money. I'm going, and I stopped. And I'm like, I'm like an addict trying to get my next fix to pay this guy. That's what it came down to credit cards for me with $80,000 in credit uh, debt definitely an addiction so no more credit cards for me but I, I stopped it was like what am I doing and so because of what we had learned though and my behavior had changed I will not be pressured into making a decision to save any amount of money and I'll never ever ever go back into debt for anything so the happy ending to the story was we thanked him, we sent him on his way. As we, a couple, we sat down and we discussed, guys, gals, talking to each other about money, right? One of the most intimate things you can do, by the way. But come to the class, you'll learn more about that too. What we found out was we needed new windows. The siding was a want and it could be done later. We found a local installer. They gave us a great price. We got the windows done, a garage door done, and we paid cash. And I think just based on the circumstances, without going into too many details, but we believe God blessed our obedience in doing that because we had an increase in income. Um, So the following year, we were able to pay off that following year. We paid off all of our remaining debts. We saved up enough to put uh, siding on the house and we also put a lump sum onto our mortgage. So it was like, thank you, Lord. Saving also means you do need to be investing.
2: Investing. Proverbs 13.22 says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his grandchildren. Compound interest is an investing tool that we can use to save for the future, both ours, our children, and our children's children. And now, again, let's look at what most of us spend on pizza and coffee in a month. Let's say $100. If we were to take that $100 and invest it, again, in a mutual fund from age 20 to 65, do you know what that would give you? About a million dollars? That's from pizza and coffee. So, we, of course, the point is we teach you to invest more than $100 a month for your future. But the point is, without a plan, you would have no money to invest because you didn't save. And if you can't, you can't save unless you have an emergency fund to cover those things that come up and handle what life throws at you. Without a plan, uh, a budget that you actually follow, that's important, you would simply be spinning your wheels and going nowhere. Are you 30, anybody under 30? Wouldn't even have a clue what this is. You're not. Oops. Now you know why we don't use these. What a pain. This is what we used to use before GPS. <laughs> yeah, oh my, that's right. This is how we travel the world, with a map. It's synonymous with a plan. You ever hear someone say, let's map it out? This is what they're talking about. Let's make a plan. Too many people don't plan for what's ahead. Zig Ziglar said, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. People will enter coordinates into a GPS and simply drive through life on autopilot, thinking that the GPS is correct and it won't lead them down a wrong path. Uh, We've gotten lazy. We've relied on someone else or something else to tell us how long it's going to take to get there and how to get there. And when it doesn't work, well, we will put the blame on TomTom Tom or Garmin. Let's have a look at this GPS-led driver. This actually happened in Tobermory. and made news headlines worldwide. An Ontario woman blindly followed her car GPS straight into Lake Huron. While it sank, she swam to shore. <laughs> So it happens. We put ourselves on autopilot. It's mapping out, planning out our finances. That's our responsibility. We need to make sure we know where our money is going and how it's working for us. God has given us his map, his directions for how to handle finances. We don't need to be financial experts. But we do need to know the basics of how investments and the tool works for us. Planning also makes giving available to us. So being a blessing is a joy, is it not? How many of you like to be a blessing to
0: someone else? Every hand should be up. Good, okay. (laughs) When you're able to use what God has blessed you with to be a blessing, it's an amazing feeling. The most fun you can have with money is when you get to give some of it away. Now if you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus, our giving begins with what we know as the tithe. And first and foremost, the tithe is not a salvation issue. Your salvation is not tied in any way to what you tithe, how little you tithe, how much you tithe. For some of you today, it's possibly the first time you've ever heard the word tithe spoken. Uh, that's because it tends to be a church word. You don't hear it outside of the four walls of a church. In Malachi 12 says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Now to bring this to today, so that we can understand in our present day, the storehouse is the local church. A tithe simply means 10. In this case, it means 10% of your increase, more commonly known as 10% of our income. And to be very specific, the first 10% of our income because we give God our first 10% from our gain. So if you give 5%, that's not a tithe. If you give 15%, that's not a tithe. A tithe is 10. God does not love you less if you give nothing. God does not love you more if you give everything. There are over 2,000 verses on money and possessions to study if you're interested in knowing more about giving as according to God's word. Beyond the tithe, the giving that we do is called giving. Or we churchify it and we call it offerings. Uh, People who don't save money can't give like they would like to. How many times have you said to yourself, I wish I could give more. I wish I could leave a big fat tip. I wish I could help that single mother with three children working two jobs. If you're not on a plan, it's almost impossible to help someone else. Now if you are on a plan, and if you prepare and you save on purpose, you can be that person to see the need in somebody else's life. you could actually help them because you are on a plan. That part of this verse should excite every person as far as being able to help others. So God extends us the challenge to test him in this area of our lives. God is not concerned about your money, but he cares deeply about what your heart is attached to. He says, test me in this. Prove me in this. I challenge you to try me in this. Now here's one thing that we've shared with people, and that is this. If you do not already give a tithe, try it out for 90 days, and expect God to prove himself, as his word says he will do. As followers of Christ, giving is in our DNA. We give of our time, our talent, our treasure, as a response to the grace that God has already extended to us. We can never outgive God, we know that. God gave his son, He gave us salvation, and He gave us eternal life.
2: Second Corinthians 9.10 says, He provides seed for the sower and bread for food. He will also multiply the seed you have sown. A few verses farther on, it says, You will be enriched in every way so that you may be generous. I know when we were struggling financially, we wanted to give, but we couldn't. Uh, But when we turned to God's Word and His way of doing things he began to provide extra work, seed. And then when we, we took that seed, we gave, we saved, and we spent it as we had planned in our budget, and God blessed our efforts with more income, more seed. Dave Ramsey says, live like no one else, so later you can live and give like no one else. I like how Randy Alcorn says it, God prospers me not to raise my standard of living, but to raise my standard of giving. Yeah. Some of us are unable to give. We're just broke, strapped, maxed out. It's not because we don't want to give, it's, or we don't know how, it's that we can't afford to. The mission that we have been called to is to equip, educate, and, and empower people to become debt free. It's to create a budget to use, to allow for giving, saving, and spending. In Ecclesiastes 9.10, the word says, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. And that's the beat that we've been marching to. We've discovered these basic uh, godly principles actually work. When they're applied, with a little bit of fifth grade math, And we just simply couldn't keep this to ourselves. As we've been able to share our story about how to handle finances God's way with others, and the stories we've heard, they've been just amazing. There's been marriages restored because two people could come together and talk about their finances and work them out. Uh, People are considering options that they previously didn't have when they were in debt. And future generations are being changed because parents are teaching this stuff to their children. They're teaching them how to give, save, and spend God's way. And we're so excited to share with you today uh, just a fraction of what we've learned and desire to equip you with as well.
0: So in closing, we would like to encourage you to sign up for the six-week course starting February 19th, 7 p.m. right here. Uh, There is a $25 registration fee per couple or single. This is for the workbook that we give you to do. So as a couple, you use one book, and as a single, you use one book. Uh, You can actually sign up this very moment I know pastors don't like you to use the cell phone thingy in the church, but I'm going to let you. So if you go to themoneyplan.ca, you can go on the website, sign up for the course, uh, rate where you're sitting, or you can do it at home later. Uh, We do need to know if you're coming because we need to know how many books to have ready for you. Uh, We'd also like you to uh, bring a friend. That's why you've got two postcards in your bulletin. Let somebody know. Maybe there's a family member that needs to come that you know struggling. This will help them. Um, and if twenty five dollars is an issue to anybody, just talk to me or Bell or Pastor, and it's covered. Okay. Uh, we don't want that to be getting in the way of you being here, um, because we understand. We were there once, and twenty five dollars was like two hundred dollars to us at the time. So, if you're sixteen to nineteen, let me see your hands. Sixteen to nineteen year olds, you can come for free. Woohoo! Because we want you here. If you get this stuff now, oh my, oh my. Oh, oh, wow. send, me, send me a thank you check 30 years from now, okay, <laughs> all that money that you made in compound interest. you hey? be dead,
2: Dave.
0: will be dead. Wow, wow. He said I'll be dead.
2: <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> but I'll leave a legacy. <laughs> We wanna make sure 16 to 19 year olds, tell your friends. Take There's lots of postcards on the table out there. Take some to your school, share this around, put it on the bulletin board, get the word out. We wanna be able to help as many people that, as we possibly can. When you consider what can be accomplished for God's kingdom, when people get on a plan, get out of debt, mm-hmm. and are able to give like they've always desired to give, wow, I mean, talk about an awesome missions program, local missions overseas missions. Talk about just empowering the kingdom of God change to do. world. And change our community, change our world, absolutely. So as personal finance coaches, we've seen people's lives transformed when they learn how to handle their money God's way. Hopelessness turns to hopefulness. And not just in finances, as Belle said, but in marriages, family life, as well as in the workplace. When people truly submit, to the process, there is freedom from financial bondage. It is an amazing experience to be part of it, and we desire that for you as well. So invite others to join and come on with you on this journey.
2: You're still sitting there thinking, why would I do this course? Our question back to you is, what's your why? I can't tell you what your why is, and I can't. I can help you through the course, but I can tell you what our why is, or was, is. Uh, we wanted to change our financial mess that we were in. We didn't want to leave it for our kids to clean up. We wanted to prepare for our future, uh, and we wanted some options. Uh, we ought to always talk about doing missions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here you are. Here we are doesn't always look like what God <laughs> doesn't always look like what you think it's going to no. look like. But now we have options and this just, you know, is proof of that. So we just thank God for his faithfulness. Just He does grant you the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. So once again I ask, what's your why? This isn't a math question because everybody wants to get out of debt. This question is what's at the heart of your why? So possibly, you know what your why might be to invest in your children or your grandchildren's future, their education. Uh, It might be to ensure that your spouse is taken care of when you go home to glory. Maybe you want to travel or build that dream home. Uh, Possibly your why is to live on 10% and give the other away. Our challenge to you is to consider What's your why? Again, we can't help you with it. That's for you to go home and discover, and through the course we hope you will discover that. We will provide you with the tools to help you get there.
0: So we're all at different places when it comes to finances, and I think you all agree with me. Um, Some of us are in debt and feeling hopeless. Some of us are trying to keep up with the Joneses. Any Joneses in here? Okay, good. Uh, Some of us are financially secure. But our experience is, no matter where you are when it comes to money and personal finances, everyone learns something about money in this course. But more importantly, everyone learns something about themselves and how they relate to money and how God instructs us to handle the money he's given to us. So we'd like to thank you to, uh, this morning for allowing us to share uh, a part of our story as well as part of the About the Money Plan. I want to encourage you to sign up for the course, of course, of course, of course, and uh, to invite others. And remember, we are better together as we serve one another in his kingdom for his purposes. If you would stand with me and we'll close in prayer. And worship team, yes, please join us so just before I do close in prayer um, as Pastor Mark said uh, Fellowship Hall uh, we're going to be taking some time after service and answering some questions that you may have if we don't know the answer we don't know the answer and that's okay but uh, we've got some knowledge and experience in doing this stuff so we'd be more than glad to answer some of your questions and uh, if we can't answer it we will find out great let's pray Father God, thank you for your word and for every instruction and direction for how we should, as followers of Jesus, live our lives, how we should conduct ourselves in our homes, our workplaces, communities, and within our church. And this includes how we relate to money and how we handle the finances that you have blessed us with. Remind us that we are stewards, that we are simply managers of what belongs to you, and that we seek wisdom, through the scriptures and counsel from others that believe your word to be truth. May the words of our testimony here today inspire others to get on your plan to no longer be a slave to the lender but to be set free and live fully as you so desire for each one of us. You have indeed blessed us in this land we live so that we may be a blessing to others. I pray and ask for each of us that you would increase our desire to bless others with what you have given us, to share, to give away freely and joyfully. Father, you gave freely of your son Jesus to pay the price for our sin, for something that we can never repay that price ourselves. (laughs) Giving is not just something that we do, but rather giving and being generous is who we are called to be. Open our eyes to see the needs of others and provide opportunities for us to be your hands, your feet, offering your love through words, actions, and resources. Continue to do your work in each one of us as you have been and are doing so that we mature in our faith to be more like Jesus and less like us. Father, I pray and ask that the words spoken here today will have an impact in the lives of those here and as well as for those listening to the message online. Thank you, Lord, for the calling you have on this church and continue to use this body to have a local and global impact for your kingdom. All these things, we give you praise and we thank you for who you are in our lives. In the name of Jesus, we say amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We make these messages available to give you a window into our church, but also an open gate for you to join in with our community. Our Sunday service is at 10 a.m., and we look forward to seeing you soon. And know that there is a place for you at The Gate. Please remember to visit thegatechurch.ca for more information about our church.